gentlemen to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best but the views are amazing moderator b jones and the views are particularly amazing today we have the wives of some of our uh mainstays on the podcast this week it only serves fitting for this being episode 99 that we bring the wives on the episode mm-hmm. if y'all caught that yes yeah 99 problems easy easy so yeah <laughs> you know i definitely work around and introduce them I'll just give you some insights and their their uh their insights on the podcast, and this is also going to serve as a pre-inaugural episode, I feel, of things to come. So we're going to look at this episode as a powder room of sorts. I think that's what we came up with. So I'm going to start this thing off with someone who's been here before. <laughs> that should be very, very comfortable in this in this space. Miss Kristen Melinder, can you try to introduce yourself and give us a little sure. bit? Sure. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Kristen. Um, Let's see, some things about me. I probably, you guys might remember me when I was on before when I was speaking about dentistry. Um, So I'm a fourth year dental student at the University of Maryland here in Baltimore, Maryland, hey. And um, other than that, I'm a mom. Uh, My daughter's name is Nia, she's nine years old. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, ready to go, get me out of here. Okay, okay, and I'm moving on, Wendy. The glue that kind of keeps this thing stuck together. What's going on, ma'am? Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. Um, my name is Wendy Cadayo. Um, I am the proud wife of Carol Cadayo. The uh, what do you guys call him on the show? Coach uh, K. Coach K. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I should have gone with that. Okay. Nah, you good. Everybody knows. Um, you. Yeah. So I am a proud mother of a two-year-old son, Asher. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom being six months on now. Yeah, six months now. And um, yeah, I'm just transitioning to this whole world of being a a stay-at-home mom and enjoying all that that has to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, We just recently relocated to Chicago. So um, I'm excited to figure out what this city has to offer aside from amazing tattoos from Nine Mag. Really? You gonna get some ink? Uh, no, not me. But somebody needs to get some updated ink. So. I think I do too. I'm gonna have to talk to you about that one offline. Yeah, that's the sponsorship plug right there. So Nine Mag, if you're hearing us, holla at us. Holla right. at us. Please come right. on, come on, work. That's what I'm talking about. Add value. <laughs> There's pizza and popcorn there too. Pizza and popcorn. Oh yeah, yeah. Chicago deep dish. So y'all heard the voice. This is uh Miss. This is Phase On's wife, EJ. EJ, how you doing this this morning? Hi, I'm doing well. I guess this is my turn to introduce myself. Absolutely. Drama, so, <laughs> Obilo, Faison, um, Arthur's wife, or the whatever giant, what giant do you call him? The BFBG, uh, <laughs> big friendly black guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you talking about the gentle giants? Yes, or something like that. Oh, yeah, you're gentle giants. Now I'm being uh, an ace over there. Oh, that's right. So um, I am the proud mother of two bouncing baby boys. Um, I'm also from Nigeria, and um, I am a vice president at a global bank, um, and I am in global philanthropy, so I give money away to um, nonprofit organizations to help engage our employees in volunteerism, and I'm really excited to be here. Oh, wait, Um, I have a healthcare foundation, and we take doctors and nurses to Nigeria to do medical missions, and... um, Look forward to this chat. I'm excited. Nice, nice. And last but not least, Miss Gina Jones. What's going on, ma'am? Hi, everyone. As you just said, I'm Gina Jones. Um, my husband is Brian Jones. I don't know if you guys call him BJ or he's the educator that is on the show every now and then. Um, I was born in Miami, Florida, because there's a Miami, Ohio. And I lived in Ohio for a few years as well, which is where uh, Brian is from. My parents are Jamaican and Haitian, and currently we live in Miramar, Florida. Um, we have three wonderful children, uh, a 10-year-old boy and a set of twins that are boy-girl that are eight, no, that are 10. Oh, my goodness. My oldest is 12, and my twins are 10. That's like it sometimes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we knew what you did. <laughs> <laughs> 
So most of the time I'm doing activities with my children or taking them to whatever activities they're involved in, uh, working with the church ministry as well. Um, and then I work full time as a software quality analyst for a company that works with um, funeral homes and cemeteries in the nation providing um, online memorialization products. So that's, that's mostly me. Awesome. Well, thank you for that brief introduction, ladies. Um, I definitely want to start the conversation off with you, Wendy. Being a stay-at-home mom, oh yes, absolutely. You're on the hot seat. First quarter. <laughs> she said she was gonna work on them faces, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> she sat up. She was like leaned in. <laughs> well, I was ready to hear what everyone else had to say. Okay. Not this time. <laughs> But I want to start with you because I think you have an interesting story and background. You got a stay-at-home mom now, but you were a corporate entity at first, you know, yeah. one, of the most, one of the big box retailers. So how has that transition been for you? Yeah, I was in the automotive industry for 12 years. Um, and it was a whirlwind. It was uh, where I met my husband. Um, it provided me a lot of um, happy moments. A lot of great friends came out of it. Uh, traveled a little bit. Um, got a chance to relocate and hang out and meet a few people and witness a few um, different uh, areas that, you know, I may call home after we leave Chicago because this is not it right now. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, the, the working in the corporate world, it did a lot. Um, I gained a lot of knowledge just from the automotive industry, but um, from the personal standpoint, it turned me into this hard shell of um a person where to some degree you almost lose yourself because you're 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 you have to be windy 2.0 for work and then you have to be figure out who you are or at least kind of come home and be the person that you know to be at home mm -hmm. but you just try to you end up taking some of that stuff back home with you anyway um you know some of the competencies that they talk about or you know you start talking to your spouse and in 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 star format or, or whatever <laughs> yeah so you start realizing that you're bringing that corporate self home and you're like wait 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 so yeah. this tradition of being a stay-at-home mom has um been an eye-opener because now it's like okay i'm getting back to myself i'm getting back to the person that to, and figuring out the things that i enjoy doing because obviously working 40 45 hours a week you're mostly at work and family and all that other stuff is kind of on the back burner um so for the longest time, you know, cars is really all I knew. Every time I looked at a car on the road, that's where my head was at. So now at this in this place in my life, I mean, I'm just enjoying hanging out with my son. I'm realizing that, you know, he matches my energy. He looks just like his dad, but he has my energy. He has this love for dancing. He has this love for just, you know, being silly, hanging out. And I'm loving it. I'm being, I'm able to stay at home and actually witness all of these transitions that for the first year and a half of his life, I was subletting that to someone else having a nanny in the house. And um, it broke my heart. I mean, for 40 hours a day, I mean, although I'm getting my work done, but my heart was at home trying to figure out this new baby. I'm a first time mom. Here I have this new baby at home and I'm coming home getting a full report from the nanny, although she was great. But, you know, some of those experiences I wanted to be able to share with them. And, you know, you know, it's a hard moment when you're, you know, you love this little being and you want to be responsible for all the new things that they're transitioning and that they're learning and you're at work. So the last six months has been amazing. Um, so now that we're in Chicago, that's my little road dog. I mean, we, I throw him in the backseat and we're headed everywhere. I have a question for you, Wendy. Mm -hmm. So, um, normally we get, I think, what, six weeks for maternity leave or something like that. I'm not sure. Maybe other, every place is different. I know there's some efforts to increase that. But, like, how, being that you were in the corporate environment and now you're privileged to be home, be able to stay home with your child while they're growing up, um, and I'm not sure if you're going to be looking into getting back into work anytime soon, but having that experience, how long do you feel that? Um, that maternity leave really should be where you feel comfortable enough to be like, okay, now I can kind of, I feel comfortable with leaving him for a little bit and going back to work. Okay. Well, on a personal note, when we found out, Asher was born in Baltimore. Hmm. When I found out we were moving back to Florida, I was in the delivery room with, with Carol. 
and he had put in for a position wanting to get us closer to home. So that was, that's where everything kind of was expedited. So technically at the time I had six weeks for, um, to stay at home, but that six weeks was kind of rushed a little bit because at the seven week mark when Asher was seven weeks old, um, he didn't even have his two month shot yet. Okay. (laughs) So, um, at seven weeks old was when I had to put Asher in a car and drive down to Florida with him because putting him and having him in the airport wasn't going to be an option. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so luckily I, my, my, uh, my boss at the time, he was awesome enough to give me more time off. The six, the six weeks didn't even start until well after I probably was on vacation for two weeks mm-hmm. before my, my actual six weeks started. So and then on top of that, I opted for FMLA for another two weeks because I had my wisdom teeth pulled. So altogether, I was really out for about eight to 10 weeks. And even that, that wasn't enough. Because by the time I moved to Florida, um, I had three weeks to find a nanny or find some form of childcare for this innocent little fragile being in a city that I've never lived in. I mean, I'm from South Florida. I'm from Miami. I moved to St. Augustine. I don't know anybody in St. Augustine. And, you know, to be honest with you, when we moved down there, it was during the heat of the election. So all I saw were a bunch of Trump um, supporters with their signs and banners outside their front yard. So here I come down to St. Augustine with my little black baby trying to find somebody to watch them <laughs> and hoping, hoping that, you know, there's not going to be any kind of issue there because, you know, there's issues out there. Yeah. Um, so going, going into that transition, it would, six weeks was not enough. The, even the 10 weeks wasn't enough. I had to figure out a way around that. And luckily I had bosses at the time who understood my position. Um, my boss in Maryland, I guess his wife must've been through something similar and he agrees that six weeks wasn't enough. So that's why he was so willing to work around that. But um, I think the thing that made me more upset was knowing that um, overseas doing all this research overseas there's women who actually get like a whole year off yeah right 18 months and their spouses even get somewhere around a month to six months off mm-hmm. in other countries and here I am with the three-month-old trying to figure out who's gonna watch him and that bonding time was so important and for anyone who doesn't believe in postpartum depression it, this is one thing that can actually expedite it for you you have to relocate with a brand new baby. Your whole world's already changing in one way, having a newborn. Now you're having to relocate to a whole new city and find somebody to take care of said baby. Right. <laughs> so, um, so no, six weeks is not enough. Um, I feel like the rules are a bit outdated as far as um, the maternity laws um, for employers. I feel like, you know, it was a group of men who sat down in a boardroom one day, decided what's going to be best for us. And maybe at the time, you know, it was at a time where women weren't working as much. That's not the case now. I mean, I actually, to some degree, I actually enjoyed the work that I did, but um, I don't want to stay at home all the time with Asher. Um, I think that at this point right now, the last six months have been amazing. I think that as I'm transitioning to getting him back into school or getting him into school and getting that whole thing underway, um, I'm in no rush to get back to work, maybe in about a year or so. But right now it's really focused on getting him everything that he needs. Now, who, who can do that while they're working 40 hours a week if their child has you know, needs or if their family has specific needs? That's kind of, that's kind of tough. Is it, was it? six weeks only for you or or was yeah, it, it was it was only six weeks now funny thing though just before i left my job they made changes to the maternity policy um where now the women who gave birth will have uh if you had a c-section i believe it's up to 15 weeks and if you delivered vaginally then you would have uh 10 weeks yeah, my maybe that's ten and twelve. Maybe it's ten and twelve. Oh, actually, at my firm, it's four months. You get four months. Oh, lucky you! Um, at the well, I wasn't eligible at the time when I had Arinze, and okay. then when I had Namdi, it was twelve weeks at the other um, uh, organization that I was at. So I didn't know that um, some folks only had six weeks. I thought it was standard to at least be ten or twelve. 
Yeah. And it might be um, the, the sector of jobs or like um, the types of jobs that are more limited in how much um, maternity leave they give. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I know like, um, well, when I had, uh, when I was pregnant with Nia, when I had Nia, I had just graduated. So I didn't, I had that time, but then I was also, I did go back to work like, like maybe three weeks after I had her. Um, that was something personal and immature of me because um, I was only 22 and I just didn't know enough at that time to be able to plan things out. Um, but I, I do when I, like six weeks to me just sounds, sounds uh, it sounds bizarre because you, your baby is, little do we know your baby is learning a lot. That's a, um, you know, they're not necessarily very expressive outside of crying, but they're taking in a lot of information and learning the world around them. And like when you're not there as the mother and the protector to teach them, somebody else is, you know, so even looking like you can have a wonderful nanny, but still that baby is learning by observing, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I just wish that more, we had more time to spend with our children when we first have them. Yeah. yeah and if I have to be honest, um, maybe that was, that was probably broken down into tears too. So after six weeks, you may, I think you actually had the option to stay a little bit longer out, but that was going to be at risk of your pay going down like to 75% and then 50% and then so forth and so on. You got to compromise. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, when I looked at the whole thing together, I started thinking about women who were in different situations who were having children. And the first question that came to mind being new to the whole thing was how, like, what was it that was going on for you? And I'm really asking like honest questions, like what was going on, with you at work and how did you feel going back to work and you know for some women like my sister being one of them she's like you got to do what you got to do and I'm like I'm not built I mean I'm I, I'm built to do what I have to do but when it comes to my child what I have to do is be there for him yeah. so these employers that are over here managing their business based on you know my return to work you probably need to think about a couple things. One, if you're hiring a 20 something year old and hoping this person has longevity in your company and they're adding value to it, why at that point would you hold them to only six weeks to stay at home with their kid? I've had, before I had Asher, I was 10 years with the company. And then when it came down to that whole thing, I had to have an honest um, conversation with my boss. And, you know, I told him like, look, six weeks isn't enough. It just isn't. I even went to human resources and, and she had just come back from having a kid, but she was on her third. So she was probably worn out by that time. She was probably happy to come back to work. Yeah. But on my end, I was like, six weeks isn't enough. Eight it's weeks isn't enough. It's a situation, you know, based off of you as a person, I think. You know, yeah. Sensitive to that. If I had to be honest with you, I would have I taken all the vacation time I had and then given my two weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what about you did um what's the uh, maternity leave situation at your job was that directed to gina no, i was gonna ask the same question gina because you had three kids and i think you said you work from home so I'm, how was your experience yeah. with it i'm actually sitting here trying to remember what the policy was at that time and it was a little different for me when i had mason i was actually um only working part-time finishing up a degree um so we made the situation work for us where I actually didn't go back to work or uh, find a full-time job. So he was one years old mm -hmm. and I actually nursed him for that whole year as well. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a blessing. And then we moved to Cincinnati, um, like basically the week he turned before he turned one. So he was literally one, found a job. And then shortly after that, um, we got pregnant with the twins so they're two years apart and i believe the policy was six weeks if i'm remembering correctly but then i applied for fmla and took 12 weeks unpaid mm. and had to just make it work you know save up enough or whatever so that way because there's no way <laughs> so and i was even contemplating am i gonna go back to work i need to find you know i wasn't even sure yeah. what i because having three small kids under three at that yeah. time, it's like, is there more money to pay for childcare? Then it gets to mm -hmm. start balancing it out. Like, what's <laughs> more than a mortgage, the childcare situation. Exactly. exactly. Legitimately a mortgage. Yeah. 
So me hearing this for the first time, you know, and I'm glad we're having this kind of conversation. Uh, you know, it sounds, it almost sounds inhumane. Um, what advocacy do you guys see or know of to kind of get these policies to change in, in more of your favor? I don't know any of us, any uh, specific groups, but I know that I've read about groups who do advocate for maternity leave. I, and also um, paternity leave is more so emerging now because there are single fathers too. Mm -hmm. And, um, or they're just fathers who want to do their part with staying home too. So I don't know of any specific groups, but there are some, I can look that up while everyone else. <laughs> nice, nice. And EJ, what was your experience with it as well? I don't think we got you in there. Well, with maternity leave? Right. Well, just because you work in such a global bank, at a global bank in such a global position, what was your experience? And I guess, how are you and Arthur may, able to make it work with having Ace and Namdi and you still being able to be that career woman? Yeah. You know, when I had Namdi, I was at the, I was at a nonprofit, a major nonprofit organization in New York City, and I'd been working there for five years already. So... Mm -hmm. I feel like I was basically working with my family, basically. So, um, you know, two weeks before I gave birth, like they literally were like, please don't come here to the office anymore. Like, just stay, stay wherever you are. And so every once in a while, I'd go into the office and then I had Namdi and uh, I was out for 12 weeks. However, I don't think I really got a check. Yeah, I think it was, was FMLA. It's probably unpaid. Yeah, it was. It was like I think I got. I, I think I got a little bit of money, but it was like probably like a thousand dollars in the grand scheme of like being out of work for three whole months, because uh, I was twelve weeks there, and I think I stayed out just just a little bit longer. Then, um, when I actually, so I got the job at my firm, and I found out I was pregnant like a, maybe like a couple of days after I had accepted the offer and I was mortified. If I told you the amount of people that I called and asked for advice and opinions on mm -hmm. if I should tell my new manager that I was going to be coming in pregnant, man, I, I had so many conversations that every single person that I spoke to told me to not say anything at all. They said, don't mention it, don't say anything, just show up, be pregnant and be your great self. And it was a switch in industry for me, um, like a complete switch, you know, being at a nonprofit organization and then going to uh, a Fortune like 100 company. I didn't even know what to expect. And one day I was just sitting on the couch and a spirit moved me and I was like, I've got to call my manager and tell her there's no way I could show up there. And I called her. And I said, hey, I had, to, I had to tell you something. I wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm actually pregnant. And her first response was, damn. And then she goes, she's like, you know what? She's like, this is great. This is fine. She's like, she's like you're going to be with us for a long time. So, um, you know, we're going to make this work and we're going to treat you well. And she was just so amazing and awesome. And I was like, I, I was saying a whole bunch of stuff to like try to make it better. And she was just like, just stop. <laughs> stop. you don't need to do all of that. She was like, this is going to be great. And my, my actual uh, boss at the time was on maternity leave. And it was just, it was just really nice of them. I was still paranoid and I definitely carried that paranoia <laughs> into the first, like uh, I'm pretty sure like year and some change of being in my role. Mm -hmm. um, but I was out for 12 weeks and at my firm, you can, you get FMLA, but you get half of your paycheck. They don't, they don't not pay you. So you get half of your paycheck. And then um, my boss was kind enough to return me to work and, and let me work uh, remotely uh, until the new year. Cause I had a rinse in September. So I didn't go back to work until um, January. Um, I, it could be because I work with, you know, with a bunch of women. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I feel um, like they were a bit accommodating. Um, and we do have a nanny as well. And, um, you know, I definitely struggle with a few things, you know, are, are, are my kids learning what I want them to learn and the way that I want them to learn it and at the time frame that I want them to learn it and all that, uh, you know, that's a struggle. Um, but 
I think, you know, Arthur and I are really intentional about what we do when we're with them and the time that we're spending. And um, even if I'm frustrated on my way home, my energy, when I walk through the door, I don't, I do my best to not bring that to them. When they go to sleep, it's different. Yeah. Because you but, get to come down a little bit there. Yeah. Um, and having two kids, God bless you, Gina. Like, I just, yeah. God bless you guys with more than one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing to kind of consider. You know, we, each one of our families, um, both partners or the spouses work. So I think that's another dynamic that I like to discuss with you, lady, is how, how that is shared amongst you all. Like, what's the give and take? I guess I'll start with you, EJ. What's the give and take? Yeah, like, how do you share that responsibility? You all, you all know Arthur. He is like the Energizer Bunny. He literally does everything on earth so i feel like the the balance is sometimes i'd be sitting back and i'm like oh i guess i should go do something now i think with us though it's like you kind of have to you have to take those those moments and, and like with us i think it's it's less announced you know, because um, it's so unpredictable, very unpredictable. Um, and then it's just like, OK, if I'm picking up Nia on a Friday, Chris is like, all right, I'm going to go see Quinetta and we're going to hang out in D.C. And I was like, all right, cool. Go ahead and take it. And it's, it's reciprocated, you know, so that's that's kind of how we we have to manage it because of how busy our lives are. Yeah, I think we 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 have about we, we don't go anywhere, really. And if we're going somewhere, we're usually going together. Um, there, there are very few occasions and rare occasions. And now that we've moved back to the town that I grew up in, I think maybe it, it might change a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the people that he considers his really close friends, which are all of our husbands, um, they're all spread out. So, you know, this time when he's on the podcast and stuff like that, I don't bother him. I'm like, you want me to bring your tea? <laughs> <laughs> so supportive of that time, right? <laughs> supportive of, of that time and um, of that kind of thing. But uh we're, we are scheduled. We have a strict schedule for the boys when they're up, when they're down for their nap. In fact, <laughs> the time is upon us right now um, uh, when they go to sleep. And I think other people sometimes, and even my own parents are just like, but like, really, they can't stay up for like 10 more minutes? No, because mommy and daddy need their time, like there's stuff that, that needs to happen. Like I need to do work. And it's, it's a struggle it's a balance. It's, um, it, and I think it will continue to be a struggle and a balance until they can type and can help me with stuff and I can put them to work. <laughs> like, um, I think it's always going to be a balance, but I do think that I think my family and even my brothers have said to me at times, they're just like the things that your husband does to support you and my vision and, and the different projects that I worked on have literally nothing to do with work that things that like barely pay me or not at all. Um, his energy for that and the way he shows up for me is um, is really incredible. So yeah, I, I, yeah we're gonna have to come so back. I was just to talking to him about that the other day. Yeah. What about you, Gina? You and uh, you and BJ? Um, we work well, really, as far as getting the schedule. I mean, everything. We have a shared family calendar. Everyone has because the kids are old enough. They all have their own mobile phone, so everyone's got that calendar on their app. And it's a responsibility if you got a after school program or need to be picked, you know, you put it on the family calendar yes, and then we just know we don't block. Or if they don't put it on the family calendar and need to get picked up, they on the curb, like what happens? <laughs> <laughs> you put it on the calendar, it's on the curb. Call. I'm just playing, but um, we haven't had that issue yet. Um, <laughs> you know, um, put them in an Uber, bring them home. Exactly. <laughs> we really don't go out a lot either. We're pretty much homebody so maybe that works for us as well and then whenever we do he's very supportive he's like he'll just tell me to go out and have fun or you know even if I don't bring it up so I don't have that issue that I know some of my other friends may have with their husbands as far as whatever <laughs> that issue with him um and we just we I mean, I, I haven't had the issue with the, and he does a lot of stuff for the kids. His schedule is a little bit more flexible than I am because yeah. he's not in one position all the time with his, his job. Um, he normally gets home earlier than I get off. So he'll start dinner. So, which is a very helpful for us. Yeah. So, you know, the, everyone knows what the routine is. 
come in. We're not <laughs> as strict as EJ. I kind of wish we were. <laughs> so I was like, can I have 15 more minutes to go to bed? Or Well, they can talk to you and negotiate. Like, yeah, you're right. You're you don't right. get to negotiate. <laughs> you're right. Even with the negotiations, man, you got to be careful because we got a master negotiator in there right now. Oh, really? I mean, that's, that's probably to a certain fault of mine, and it's because um, I realized that um, – when I realized how hard it is for us, well, me, I can say personally, starting off when I was working before I started dental school and negotiating certain things um, at work, um, as far as my salary, as part of, as far as my future with the company. And I feel like that reasoning kind of starts young. So I, uh, now that's not how I grew up. There was no options, no negotiation, no nothing. But I think that that may have inhibited me inhibited me a little bit when it came to reasoning and realizing okay but I have something to contribute as well mm -hmm. even from a very young age and being able to like start articulating that so even with me and now if she wants something you know and maybe we would have told her no and she comes back and she's like okay so if I contribute this or if I do this can I you know what can we basically work out and that's a much different conversation than it is when I was just saying, because I said so. And, but some of that is necessary, too, to be that, um, that rigid. But also, like, I don't know, I just noticed how that could have been done a little differently with me and would have uh, prepared me enough to, like, outside of my family to feel like I can negotiate with some opportunities here. Anyway, that might be, I might be going on a tangent, but. I was gonna, I, can I add to your tangent? Or maybe it's. Yes, please. <laughs> Though, I I had no opinion or option or whatever when I was growing up. My African parents, if I even blink the wrong way, be like, "You talking about? Is there a problem? No, there isn't." And um, <laughs> I mean, I can say the same. Yeah, I was saying with me. No, yeah. but 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 at the same time, like if you ask my friends, like who to go to for negotiations and who thinks that they can contribute to everything, anything like that's That's me all day. Mm -hmm. But I think my parents just brought it out of me in different ways, oh, in, in the weird, weird kind of ways. You know, my dad would make us um, read the newspaper every day. And before he got home, we had to know what was happening in the world. And we had to report out to him before he got home. And then every summer he would give us like a ridiculous, like three, four hundred page book, and we would have to write a report, and it would be something that we didn't understand. But let me tell you, I became a master uh, BSer, uh, and conversation, um, <laughs> just make up a whole bunch of stuff. I could also tell you what's happening in the world. I could negotiate myself. I can find a way to make myself seem valuable. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. Important. Like I had to, to make up what I thought. <laughs> I was like, well, daddy said that I needed to do this, so I'm just going to make it happen. So well, if I have to be honest, EJ, I mean, that skill gets you to the Oval Office too. Huh? No. That skill set gets yes! you to the Oval Office too. I can, oh, well, I'm, well, can I get there? I'm not, I'm not an American. You sure can. You are you over. The master. I'm not, I wasn't born here. I was born the rules, here. The rules are uh, only for those who want to follow them, as we can see. Yeah. That's Politics, you can make your own rules. Obviously. I'm just saying. All this, I mean, you know, it's funny because this is this is something completely unrelated. But um, you know, I, I rethink that whole thing about a straight A student <laughs> because we had like a C student in office. We have the master BSer in office. Bush was like a C student. Straight A's where? Um, you know, like when you think about education and all that other fun stuff. I mean, as a parent, you want to get your child there. But when I was a kid, all that stuff that was being pushed into me, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> straight A's, okay, I'll do that. I wanna go, I wanna go far, I wanna get better. Just to see that all the hard work that you put in, a C student made it in an OFA office, and a BS who didn't even go to school, Man. is the president of the United States. But there's some other things outside of the That's just my own little nugget. We can get back in here. That, that was, you don't have to hit that, though, too. Yeah. <laughs> and to be able to this is also... I can't... I said, you really just need to be able to influence people. Mm-hmm. Positively right. or negatively. Oprah. That's just the leadership. Yeah. 
yeah. their worries or fears or create them if they don't exist. Right, right. Give them something that they can latch on to mm-hmm. and then they'll push you the rest of the way. Uh, I want to go back to the point of the support from the husbands. I think there should be a lot of bilateral support in our relationships, right? Wait, but um, uh, what about you, Wendy? Because you oh, didn't. Uh, regarding what exactly? The- well, since Wendy's a stay-at-home now, you know, it's a, a lot of different dynamics. So Carol's at work all day while you're at, at work all day at home. Um, so just, I mean, I just, just keep in mind, yeah. I've only been a stay-at-home mom for six months. Right. This is all still new. So... And watching a kid all day is not the business. Well, that's why I say at work, at home. Because yeah, I don't think a lot of people really work do. at home. It is, <laughs> it is an eye-opener for sure. I mean, you're talking about just the personal schedule that I have to be on. You know, Carol has more clothes than I do. So when laundry comes up and folding comes up, there's a negotiation that kind of has to happen there. <laughs> negotiation, Wendy, when the laundry and the folding comes up, is it you wash it and fold it and they put it away? How does that work? Bruh, no, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. But, okay, so let's go back for a moment. <laughs> so when, when, when I was working, when I was working, um, the responsibilities were pretty much split and it was almost like a, it, it was unsaid what was needed you know mm-hmm. i already knew carol hated doing dishes so mm. that was on me so there's no worries there you know that that's been since we were dating i've known that so i signed up for it it is what it is um, but when it comes to your nails look nice by the way okay <laughs> dishwashing you be doing stuff <laughs> i was looking at it too. <laughs> um yeah, so when it comes to uh, the responsibilities around the house, you know, it really falls under communication because um, with Carol, he gets so involved in a lot of the things that he has going on, especially with trying to get the speaking underground. Um, I am trying to like push him in that direction full fledged because, in my personal opinion, I feel like his talents are wasted in the corporate world. Um, from this, from the side that he's currently in, I feel like you know where he where he did the most um was when the higher up he got he was able to help more people that looked like us in a world that otherwise that wouldn't have happened um and i feel like once he gets out into the speaking world that can just that umbrella can be covering so many more people and i want to see all the other folks that he can help and benefit and put in, in, in situations where they realize that their skill set can be, you know, can grow. So with that being said, while we were working, um, the family calendar, yes, that was extremely important. Um, if it wasn't on the calendar, I wasn't going to remember. And if you needed time for something, oops, sorry. So um, what else was there? Me talking about what my needs were. Um, so with him being engulfed in all of that, um, all the other stuff, whether it's the guys traveling or whatever the case was, um, if for some reason I was feeling, you know, left behind, you know, he was very open to hearing all of that and giving me the time that was needed to make sure that, you know, I had my me time. So, you know, lately he's like, okay, you, I'll watch Asher, you go get your nails done or, you know, we'll figure out a way to make it to the movies and, you know, where it's, where it's, you know, the two of us with Asher sleeping in between us. <laughs> so, you know, we try to work it out that way. But um, I think the communication is the biggest part, you know, so we don't have like a list of things that within the house that we do. Um, but it, we just kind of vibe off of each other and figure out, okay, well, if this, if this is what I've been doing all week long, you know, whether it be hanging out with Asher, cooking all week, doing all the grocery shopping, then, you know, he'll take care of other things like, you know, making sure the bed's made, cleaning the bathrooms and all this other stuff there. So, um, but communication is really the fundamental piece of it all. Without that, then everything just falls apart. I'll be harboring feelings and he'll be going on his merry way thinking everything's okay. As we often blindly do. Yeah, yeah. Where'd EJ go? Man, I think because she started talking about the president and running and all that <laughs> stuff. And, you know, we had some controversial. We didn't tap. We got some controversial <laughs> conversations on the thirteenth floor, and you know they're tapping us. Uh, so we're gonna keep this thing going until she gets back on. Um, I do have to say, ladies, that this conversation has been great, and unfortunately, I do have to 
start moving us in the right direction. So some of these things like- In another direction. It, yeah, in another direction towards the closing, but the education and the bilateral support, that's all things that you can expect coming soon from the powder room editions of the 13th floor. Uh, so while EJ is trying to find her way back on the elevator, I want to get you guys take on the growth of the podcast, man. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been two years for us. We a couple of episodes away from 100 and there's been growth from everybody in many different ways. But I want to get you guys take on that and, you know, what you've seen from the podcast and how you've seen that growth in us. So um, I was uh, I remember when Brett started thinking of the idea when he started working with the other guys and the phlegology and started thinking about the podcast. And I thought it was an excellent idea. Um, I'm really critical. Um, so I like <laughs> offered a ton of feedback, a ton of thoughts and everything. Um, and Brett is an introvert, so for him to be the, um, the moderator, which is, you know, it was going to be new, and, uh, you know, I just, like, noticed him starting off, and then just, like, over time, growing, developing, and, like, you know, the segues were smoother over time, and uh, I don't know, I saw, I see a lot of growth there, and um, I don't, I, I really like how you guys kind of, like, are pretty flush with each other now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the exchange and the dialogue as much as is fluid. You know, you guys are not trying to figure each other out, you know, and as a moderator, you know your guys, you know who to go to, you know how to, you know, direct the conversation. Um, I think one of my biggest things at the beginning was like, I want to listen to this on my on my commute because I only have like a 45 minute commute. So it's like, I need to get the whole thing in because I think you guys spent like the first 30 minutes just catching up. <laughs> that may be an exaggeration it's probably an exaggeration but by the time i was like parking in the garage it's like you guys were starting to get like into the conversation it's like dang you know but now i think you guys do a, gr a great job of like introducing everything getting into what you got to say and like really delivering um important stuff to us you know i feel like it's you know life-changing things that you guys talk about a lot of times especially with um Gina, I think your husband is, is into uh, uh, education. Right. Yes. Um, man, like the things, that he, the gems that he be dropping. I mean, all your husbands are really, really, really useful, the things that they say. Um, but you guys just come at a great time. And I really appreciate the fact that the podcast gives a voice to black men. I feel like a lot of times black men are left out of the conversation. It's not it's assumed how you guys feel or how you guys think or how you guys are going to react. But you guys have thoughts and ideas and perspectives that I think add a lot to the table. And, you know, it's nice as a black woman, and I'm sure you guys might agree, like a lot of times we're in the forefront of a lot of things. And maybe it's just that we're just like really vocal. Um, but it's nice to kind of like sit back and watch our men lead in this type of discussion. So that's how I feel about the evolution of the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, EJ. Hey, EJ. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, we were just giving uh giving our what the ladies were giving their take on the podcast thus far, giving uh how you've seen it grow and what you may have seen from us from day one to now, and you know things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, rough around the edges at first, um, you know, <laughs> but you guys definitely have grown. I mean, at at times i will literally binge on listening to the podcast and i'll just be laughing because i commute a lot and i'll be laughing on the train at just some of the things that you guys are saying and i'll be looking around at people like oh you don't because you're not listening to what i'm listening to you should try it um but and i have so many friends that are just like especially my nigerian ones ah, it's all the podcast that the author, because they can't say his, his name. <laughs> the author is on, it's so nice. I like it. It's very, very, very informational. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it is wonderful. But I love it. And, and you're, you're right, Kristen. Um, I think for our men, uh, getting to see them in this, this kind of light and, and a positive one, um, and just such eloquent and thoughtful um speakers and then also just not always the cookie cutter you know things that you think and 
Ian always like surprises me sometimes. <laughs> like he just he'll drop a something on you, and you're just like, he just, okay. <laughs> he just <said> <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think my favorite part has to be like you know, there's there's a put it on a t-shirt is kind of what I tell Carol all the time. Yeah. Um, whenever there's these catchphrases that come up, I'm like, put it on the t-shirt because there's things that happens throughout the podcast that I'm a huge fan of. Um, Mm -hmm. but my, my, um, observation of the growth over the last two years, um, obviously to EJ's point, it was a little rough around the edges at first, but I feel like there's a little bit more I get to learn about you guys each podcast. Um, moreover, you know, with Carol, he is... He, he is that motivator in a very subtle way. He's that person that he will... Sometimes he's overt. Yeah, well, yes, yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's not shy about the things that he has an opinion on, but when he sees the potential in somebody, he's not afraid to try to push them either mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's even uncomfortable. So I remember the conversation when um, this whole podcast came up with Brett and Carol, and they're just sitting down talking through it. And Brett just looked a little nervous when Carol said, you should do it. <laughs> so- um, You were in your kitchen that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember that whole, the inception of the whole uh, idea. And at first I was thinking like, all right, well, you know, how many people would this be? Can they pull this off? And, you know, at this point, I'm glad you guys are still two years in and everyone's still excited to get on the call every Sunday or Monday to um to record because you know um the 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 thought that goes into it um i think is extremely important the, the message that you guys are putting out there i think that everything that you guys um you're from your backgrounds you contribute so much in ways that i feel other people may not be able to verbally express yeah. um you know from the entrepreneurs like ian you know i think about him all the time i'm just like i didn't know that he went through half the stuff that he went through yeah. or uh, with bj listen bj is low-key clutch and <laughs> i don't know if he realizes it yet yeah i don't know if he realizes it yet but he's gonna be on my speed dial on regular now i mean he he's just such a wealth of information and you know i'm just i'm just so happy that you know you guys are this band of brothers who, you know, can get together and just allow your life experiences to come out through this podcast. But, you know, over the last two years, I've seen that it's more fluid now. I see that, you know, um, I feel like you guys have grown personally through what each other have to offer. But, you know, hopefully there'll be more testimonies of other viewers or listeners out there who have gotten something from you guys so far. Like EJ mentioned, Jamal, I'm out here in Chicago looking for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that Arthur will, he'll be in trouble some days like when he goes down into the podcast and, you know, we, we might be getting into it about something that he'll come back with like a different perspective at least on life. And I'm like, <laughs> for us it is therapeutic man we get to talk about a lot of things that yeah. we traditionally men just don't talk about and you know the inspiration from 444 and how we kind of took that to direct us um was huge so it's it's our sacred space some of the time but we don't mind having you on here every so often so. oh thank you and that's what i appreciate about it for um is that i can see the energy it gives him and it inspires him um and he has that venue to talk about the things that are really passionate to him that he may not otherwise be able to. And that, you know, other people that maybe we don't even know about yet are affected because uh, you bring up education in my house. When people come over, I'm like, Just stop about <laughs> 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 it was supposed to be a one hour dinner is like a five hour dinner now. Oh, yes. So, um, and just the brotherhood that you guys have and that you guys have this space. Um, I, I just, I really appreciate it. I won't talk too much because you guys said really everything. Uh, before I close us out, man, is it anything that you all, I guess specifically would want to see from us on the podcast? Uh, cut Jeremiah a break. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never He'll give him a break. But I, I try to defend him as best I can. I, I see that. And I, pre- I appreciate the fact that he has an advocate on the call. But, man, sometimes 
I tell Carol, I'm like, you're Mr. Call Out, like not call out, but he's the person that will call somebody out on everything. And, you know, like for a while when he was age checking Jeremiah, I'm like, stop setting this man up. You know, he doesn't know who Chris That was crazy. Is like, some, of these or, huh? some of these things, though, like, I don't know. I just feel like they're staples within our community and you just you, you can't miss them. And even though we have this same conversation between us. You miss a lot of staples in the community. Like too. what? And I do too. I'm. I'm. I was raised by uh, first generation Nigerians who haven't heard anything. And the looks that I get from Arthur when I say that I literally don't know some of the staples in, like, I guess American Black culture, right. Black culture. Like, I literally, like, mm-hmm. Arthur just is so ashamed of me. That's a lot more understandable, though. That is more understandable because. You have Nigerian parents, you know, but not my brothers know these things, I think. I don't know. I can't keep up. Anyway, man, ladies, I really appreciate your time, man. I think um, the support that we get from you all is amazing. Um, it's one of the larger driving forces behind the podcast, especially the, the criticism. We need that um, most definitely to make sure that we're putting out the best product. So anytime you have anything to share with us, you know, please don't hesitate. I know you won't anyway. Oh, but, no. Please. I have a suggestion. Damn. You can incorporate the powder room or do something with that. Oh, oh, I'm yeah, we, we, we got like at least, what, four, five topics that we've got <laughs> <laughs> We've been typing, so absolutely, the powder room, man, I don't know how we're going to work it in yet. We're going to continue to talk with our soon-to-be powder room hosts on how uh, frequent we want it to happen, but it's definitely going to be a space because I think through these conversations, you know, we're, we're we're utilizing the 13th floor to get the voices of the black male out. Um, but your perspective as well, your views on these things feed into that. And I think the best thing that will come from it is the support that we would exude to the rest of the world. We'll show that we have each other's back. And I think in this day and age, this time that we live in, with the push that black women are doing in all of their respective spaces and rights, we have to be behind you in order to get in the front of that so that we are defending you the right way and vice versa because we already know that you have our backs um, on that same token. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm off my soapbox. Remember, you can get this uh, podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. You got your videos on Vimeo and YouTube. Each and every week we drop this thing on Fridays as long as Fresh isn't doing his DJ thing and we get too far behind. But definitely check us out, get connected. <laughs> Um, social media at 13th floor please on all your social media uh, sites that's all we got thank you for listening here with us on the 13th floor pot room edition where the furniture isn't always the best but the views are the 13th floor the 13th floor